Welcome to Geordie Lass and Doc Sass. One day, a Geordie and a Canadian walk into a bar and decide to start a podcast about relationships and what a topic that is. No subjects are off limits. Get in touch today with us at geordielass.com or email info at geordielass.com and let us know what you think and what we should talk about. Well, welcome to podcast number two, lovely listeners, and how excited are we this week? We're so excited to have more and more people coming and joining us in our randy romps around the topics of relationship. (laughs) (laughs) Oh dear, started already. Gonna get more and more inappropriate. (laughs) So tell me, how are you this week, Anna? How's things been? You feeling better? I am feeling better. Thank you so much. Good. Yeah, yeah. We're uh, recovering from some health issues that, funny enough, I had traumatized Sarah with. And funny enough, as karma would have it, I was fallen ill by the same thing that had her feeling traumatized. You had me squirm in my seat, and now it's coming back to bite you on the bottom. (laughs) See, that's the thing. (laughs) Don't traumatize your friends, otherwise somebody's listening. Karma is always watching. (laughs) Yeah, the universe is there to deliver it right back at you. (laughs) Exactly. So yes, I'm good. I'm feeling a little bit better. We're in a heat wave. And I think that you're also, did you say it's the hottest day of the year over the weekend? Yeah, so we had temperatures on Friday was actually the hottest day of the year It was 35.5. Holy crap. And there was no air. Oh my god. And just nothing, not a breath of air at all. It was roasting it was literally unbearable it was so hot but I did have a nice little dinner planned with some friends on Friday which we sat outside and ate so I was very grateful for the warm weather by that point and um, a nice glass of rosé that started off dinner well that's the thing when it's really hot you have to drink you do you do indeed when it's really cold you have to drink as well (laughs) (laughs) obviously in moderation listeners I have to do my public service announcement yes but a rosé very good choice Yes, no, it was. It was very nice. Thank you. And how has your week been in terms of workload and all the things you're having to do? So I went back to earth with a gigantic bump and worked incredibly hard. The weekend has been a lot more chilled, but also productive at the same time. Good. Which I've been very pleased with. Good for you. Wonderful. Yeah. And your daughter is still driving. She is still doing her driving lessons and... So far, no fatalities. Yeah, Touchwood, we're all still alive, which is great. Hugely grateful for that. And fingers crossed for a couple of weeks' time that she passes her driving test. Yes, that means much less driving for you. It does indeed, it does indeed. Makes the logistics a lot easier. Oh, yeah. You have another chauffeur in the family. (laughs) Yeah, although I can't imagine that I'll be getting many lifts because I do quite often say I'm not going to drive at places, so... Um, That karma will come back and bite me. (laughs) Isn't that funny? Karma. Can't run and hide. (laughs) (laughs) And how's your week been? It's been good. I'm actually gearing up for an exciting return to Toronto, Canada, where I'm going to be working part time. So lots of logistics are coming into play and like waiting for Christmas. You're sort of doing all the arrangements and you're really enjoying all the cool stuff that goes along with it. So as long as I'm allowed to cross the border, I think everything is going to be just fine. And are there restrictions then on whether you can enter or how how does it work? Oh, huge restrictions. So Canada has very politely but very firmly said no to Americans entering Canadian space just because Americans are being a little irresponsible. They're being the wild child, as everyone can (laughs) see. So Canada is saying we don't want any party or craziness. So as a Canadian citizen, I think I'm able to cross the border, but I'm preparing letters 
of uh, proof of employment, and I'm fully preparing for a possibility to be told very politely, sorry, eh? uh, you can't come in. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, it's a bit of a long drive, though, to be turned, it would <laughs> turned be. away, surely. <laughs> and I would like to appeal to the good nature of the border guards at uh, the Canadian border. But again, I'm being told that they're being very nice and polite, but they're being ruthless in terms of... Okay, if we've got any any Canadian border officials listening, um, please would you let Anna pass? Because she's had a bit of a long drive and um, she's really looking forward to a new gig across there. Exactly, exactly. Yes, good. Appeal to the sensibilities of the Canadian Border Patrol. I come in peace. She does, she does. She brings some wise words and extensive experience with her. Absolutely. So I'm going to be doing some walking clinic stuff, but also some women's health clinics. So a lot of women's health issues have gone by the wayside over the pandemic. I am imagining a few people are listening to say, yes, my pap is overdue. Hmm, I had that breast thing. You know, my contraception, I need an IUD or I don't feel adequately protected. So that's what I'm going to be going up there and doing. And for folks who are have let their reproductive health needs go by the wayside. I think that's a big pressing need these days. Oh, well, good. Fair play to you, Anna. Mm-hmm, yeah. So any relationship news from around the world from our international correspondent? Oh, that's not like you to ask me about relationship news, is it? It is not at all. This is so strange coming out of left field. Okay, well, do you know what? I'm ready for you. Bring it on. <laughs> all right, all right. So this week I've been reading about something called sleep divorce. Wow, I've never heard. What is this? Well, I'd never heard of it either. So... Obviously, in my role as international relationship correspondent, which I take extremely seriously and spend at least 10 minutes on a Monday morning having a look, (laughs) I have discovered what a sleep divorce is. It is where you agree with your partner that you're going to get divorced only from a sleep basis. So you stay in your relationship, but you agree. Essentially, it's a really fancy name for agreeing that you're going to sleep in separate beds. Oh, I see. So what drives people to have a sleep divorce? I think we talked about it on one of our pre-live recordings around relationships and sleep and the effect that it has on relationships. Mm -hmm. So essentially, it's where people are struggling to sleep together, but don't want to let that destroy the marriage. They then agree that they'll sleep in separate beds so that they can get a really good night's sleep. And it has a real positive benefit on your relationship. That actually sounds really sensible. Mm. For anybody who where there's a part of the couple that maybe does a bit of snoring maybe does a lot of tossing turning thrashing hitting yeah got it or maybe the person who just stays up all night on their screens click click clicking and tap tap tapping yeah so i have a bit of an issue with my partner in he likes a really firm mattress and i don't ah and i don't sleep very well when i go to his house hmm See, this is really difficult terrain to, because, you know, in, a, in the start of a relationship, you don't put your cards on the table, you you don't express any concern about this. But as the relationship goes on, you start to say, hey, wait a minute, your mattress is damn uncomfortable. Yeah. My brain also forgets how uncomfortable I find his bed until I'm actually in it and wake up the next morning and haven't slept very well. <laughs> oh, geez. And I go, damn, I totally forgot that I don't even like this mattress. Yes. And then you're liable to then take it out on him, your general irritation and sleep deprivation, and just generally be a bit of a cantankerous pain in the ass the next morning. Or I just get up and leave by that point. Fair enough. (laughs) And make sure I schedule in a little nap later on in the afternoon. So the other option is to actually come forward with that good old communication we talk about with that sleep divorce to say, 
this is something that really affects my sleep and I want to have a relationship with you, but I also want to be able to sleep and bring my best. Yeah. Where do you stand on uh, sleeping in separate beds? I think we place a lot of importance on the the co-sleeping as a barometer of health in a relationship. I think it's a really unfair thing because the practicality is, as a physician, there's a lot of things that affect sleep quality where it is kind of silly that we have to, to share a bed when there's so much stuff going on, like mattresses, snoring, thrashing, that as a physician, I would say, look, if you're being disturbed by your partner's sleep patterns, you should be allowed to sleep in a separate bed. I think that a lot of people should be able to get a sleep divorce. I wish there wasn't the stigma. I think there is a stigma, there wasn't that, because... You kind of think, oh, you're not sleeping together. Like, what's that all about? Exactly. Must be on the rocks. Yeah. Oh, there must be something up there. Or we say that people get sleep divorces when they're older. Yeah. You know, when you're like in your 60s and 70s and there's no more Fs to give and <laughs> you just say, that's it. I'm going to sleep in my own bed and I'm just going to le- live the life that I lead. And But it's unfortunate that a lot of younger folk will actually not be compatible in the same bed. I want people to have the power and the lack of stigma to be able to make the choices that work best for them. If there's a decision based on health or sleep quality that we're going to sleep separately, how do we then really amp up the intimacy in other areas or schedule sexy times or so forth so that we feel a confidence that just because we're sleeping separately doesn't mean that our relationship is going by the wayside? Yeah, I think you need to have that discussion. You need to have an agreement because otherwise there's that potential that you may just end up being like friends that live together. Yeah. Flatmates. Yeah, that's a really hard thing. Gosh, so you started us off on a very thoughtful note. Yeah, I have indeed. I like it. So, shall we um, move along to the hot topic? Yes, please. Let's do that. So this week's hot topic is never meeting the right person. Are you coming from a place of abundance or lack mindset? Ah ha ha, I like this one. Mm. So start us off. What is being meant by this topic? Well, I hear a lot of people who just say, I can't meet the right person, or I always meet dickheads. Mm -hmm. I'm always attracted to the wrong person. I always seem to end up in the same types of relationships. Mm -hmm. And it really is from that mindset of lack. Oh, I'm not good enough to meet anybody else. Or they're in a relationship that they're really truly not happy Mm -hmm. in, but... They've got the mindset that, well, I'll never meet anybody else, so I may as well stick with what I've got, even though it's not making me happy. Mm. So I see a lot of that, and it does really make you wonder the basis for that thought process. So what is it that's going on? What is it that's below the surface that's contributing to this, those negative thoughts and that negative talk that's going on inside? So that's where I'll kick the conversation off. Mm, I love that. And it is something that's really, really common to say, despite the, is it 7.3? What's the world population count right now? Yeah, it's something like 7.3 billion. Yeah, 7.3 billion people. And there's a widely shared fear that among 7.3 billion people, this lackluster arrangement is is the best that I can do. Yeah. Or this dickhead that treats me like rubbish, um, doesn't listen to me, never makes me a cup of tea and expects his dinner on the table at five o'clock is the best I've got. Yeah. Out of 7.3 billion people. Yeah, that's a lot of millions. Mm. And just to be clear is that Sarah gets tea in bed. I got a lovely cup of tea in bed this morning. Ah, so if you're not getting your tea in bed and you think that this is the best it can get, 
there's something wrong, we got to fix this because it really limits our options. And as coaches, we want you to see the world replete with options. Have you ever seen the film I'm Pretty? Oh, no. Tell me. So this is a film where the girl, she's overweight and she doesn't think she's attractive and things just generally kind of aren't going well for her. She gets hit on the head, as happens in a lot of um, Hollywood movies. Yes. And um, suddenly she's transformed into this girl who thinks she's amazing. She looks in the mirror and what she sees back is not the reflection of who she is. So she sees this completely transformed person She then goes out into the world thinking, oh my God, I'm amazing. I'm this size 10 slim thing. I look so attractive to the opposite sex. Everybody's interested in me. And so because she acts in this way, she actually attracts lots more people. She is still the same person to the world. It's just her view of who she is is different. Yes. And I know that's based on a fictional movie, but I think there's a lot of merit in the storyline and the approach that if we can look in the mirror and see something gorgeous looking back and we can you know there's no such thing as perfect you know we're all different we're all unique and people love people because they love them and that's it Mm. and if we can look at ourselves in that way in the mirror and just really focus on the things that we really like about ourselves so it might be that oh my hair looks nice today or oh that shade of lipstick looks good on me or oh I'm you know I enjoyed putting a little bit of makeup on today it could be whatever it is then I think if you go out into the world with focusing on the things that you like about yourself Mm. you're going to be more inclined to attract somebody who's going to like you back that's completely true and it's something we've seen as coaches when we work with folks and we see our clients decide on one small thing that they can do in the week that they can set out into the world with more confidence. And they'll come back saying, you know what, something different happened to me this week. Somebody behaved differently to me because I put a different energy out there. We we see it absolutely manifest. And it's not magic. It is just simply the energy that we put out there is the energy we get back. I've got a great story about that, Anna. I once did this personal development, really intensive week-long retreat And shortly after it, they do this follow up where you go and you connect with your group that you've gone through the process with. Mm. And they did it. um, It was always in London. And um, they did three of them every one every month after the process. Mm. And I could only make the very last one because I had to fly across from Jersey and it was just time money all the rest of it Mm. and um, I went to the last one I was so excited about going just seeing everybody reconnecting I was in such a good mood and on the way back I was traveling back to Jersey and I'd had a brilliant weekend it was just so lovely we'd had dinner and just like it was just a really top top weekend Mm. and I was traveling back on the tube to get to Victoria to get back to the airport to fly back to Jersey And um, I had my earphones in, I was listening to some music and I just, I was obviously in a euphoric glowing state and this guy kept looking over at me on the tube and I thought, it's a bit weird. Anyway, I just smiled because I'm a friendly person Mm. and I do like to get generally people to smile at you on the tube because it's a bit of a, I don't know if it's the same on the subway in, in New York, but on the tube it's kind of like a bit of a challenge of mine that I like to see if I can get people to make eye contact and smile yeah. so we did anyway and then I got off the tube and as I was getting off he quickly stood up and went to get off as well and then I kind of panicked a bit and I thought oh god what if he's gonna steal my bag <laughs> <laughs> and it's an irrational thought so I just kind of clung my bag a little bit closer and he came up alongside me sidled up alongside me and I thought oh god here we go 
So I had my headphones in, he started speaking to me. So I took my headphones out and I just said, oh, I'm sorry, I couldn't hear you. And he basically started to chat me up. So he was like, you've got a lovely smile. There's just something about you. He said, I wouldn't normally do this. He said, but could I get your number? So we're going at this point, we're going up the escalators from the tube up towards the station. I said, listen, I said, I don't even live in London. I said, I've been here for the weekend. I'm going back to Jersey. I've got two kids. This is just a bit bonkers. Um, (laughs) So then he said, he said, well, I've got three. And I was like, <laughs> so I didn't really know, know where to go with that. But the reason for the story is just to say that is all about having a certain aura or something that then made this guy, like people don't talk to people on the tube that they don't know, but made this guy get off. It wasn't even his stop. Made him get off to speak to me just to say hello. Wow. And the London tube, way more than the New York subway, is known for its unfriendliness. Yeah. There's a code, right? There's a no eye contact, no speaking code on the tube. Yeah. He looked down at the floor. And you had a guy coming off the tube to tell you how radiant you were. Yeah. Isn't that amazing? And you're not a, I mean, you're a pretty special person in my esteem, but you're not superhuman, meaning that you're, no. you're a human person. I'm just a regular girl. I'm not a supermodel. I'm a reg- I think that I look okay. Yeah. You know, I'm quite happy with the way that I am. I'm not, I wouldn't say that if you would have put me in a lineup of people, I wouldn't have said I was at the, you know, the high end of the gorgeous scale, but I'm certainly not at the bottom end either. The way you showed up that day made you absolutely spectacular. Well, certainly attracted something. Oh my gosh. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) So I think this is really relevant for folks who are dating and looking. And as you talk about the folks who are in a relationship that's not serving them in the way that maybe they had hoped when they were in their teens thinking about that dream relationship, perhaps they're not in that dream relationship. One of the things that we like to ask folks is imagine that you woke up tomorrow and you were the most incredible person in the world. What if you were looking in the mirror and saying, I am so bloody beautiful and I'm so bloody interesting. I have so many talents. My personality is like top class and I just walk out into the world and people love to be around me. What if you were that person? How would you walk out of your house today? How would you have a conversation with the person in the shop? How would you get onto that dating app? Like what kind of profile picture would you have if you were that person who everybody wanted to be around? And then how would you show up in your relationship if you were that person who was absolutely irresistible? I think it certainly creates a whole different vision for people, doesn't it, to imagine. And I think that's one of the first steps towards building your self-confidence and building your self-esteem is to really play that part. And the brain doesn't know the difference between truth and reality at times, so Mm. it doesn't know any different. So if you put that coat on and imagine you are the prettiest most attractive, most vivacious person, Mm. you will become that person. You will. And this is a tried and true. It doesn't just exist in Hollywood films. This is a tried and true recipe people talk about. Yeah. If you're in a relationship that's not serving you in a partnership that just with somebody who's just not giving you the fizzy knickers and not really trying all that hard, (laughs) chances are this person is not necessarily a bad person. It may just be that they're not being called to be their best self. It's amazing how sometimes people can treat people really differently depending on human nature, depending on what they can get away with. Yeah. When I got divorced, I used to uh, regularly walk around the supermarket and look at other couples. Mm. And this is definitely coming from a lack mindset at that point. I used to look at other couples. And a lot of couples don't, you know, 
some of the time you get couples that kind of you can see why they're together they look pretty similar Mm. they've got a similar sort of look about them Mm. there's an awful lot of people out there that aren't and they do look different and I used to think well how did she end up with him or how did he end up with her mm-hmm. very judgmental I have to apologize for my past behavior <laughs> I do the same yeah absolutely <laughs> human nature but it was because I was in this place of lack and I was in this definite victim mm. I suppose space of well I'm never going to get what I want I'm never going to be happy I'm going to be on my own forever god I'm depressing myself now talking about it <laughs> but because of that all I could see around me were other people that had got together Mm. and not understanding well how did they kind of meet but then if I go back to my story on the tube you know Mm. people can meet people anywhere and it's as you say it's just about how you're showing up what energy are you giving out what I mean they talk about the universe being a mirror and Mm. you get thrown back exactly what you're throwing out I believe in it to a certain extent but I'm still I still have ups and downs as to kind of how much I believe that and don't but if we believe it for a second, then you can see where that where that is true and where it does transpire in your um, relationship and across your life. I think it's important, like seeing is doing. Seeing it is important to so actually experience it. Yeah. And going out there and, and just what if, you know, kind of in, in the improv world is like, what if I were this? What's the worst yeah. that can happen if I went out there and had a super confident day and just thought I'm a sparkling person? Yeah. But what's weird now, though, I walk around the supermarket, don't even know what's couples together. Oh. Well, at the minute you don't because you can't shop together. But <laughs> That's very true. Pre-COVID. <laughs> yeah, pre-COVID. <laughs> you know, pre-COVID, still unhappy relationship. Not that it's not happy now, by the way. Mm. Um, I know my other half listens to this. <laughs> um, everything's happy, but all good. Everything is great. No cause for alarm here. No, no, let's not um, set off any um, hairs running. <laughs> but yeah, after, you know, once I was in a happy, settled relationship and... I didn't even notice couples in the supermarket because you don't. It was just at that point previously when things weren't going as I thought they would and I didn't have my fairy tale life that I thought I'd have when I grew up. Hmm. Although I am still trying to grow up. Um, <laughs> but you have the fairy tale life, you just haven't grown up. <laughs> yeah, which actually I'm okay with now. <laughs> yeah, actually that's totally fine. I don't really want to be a grown up. <laughs> I don't want to either. I think it's the I think it's the secret of youth actually is just being a child. Yeah, let's stay till them, bro. Yes. <laughs> I feel a bit naughty now saying that. <laughs> no, I think it's wonderful, actually. I w- no, I meant naughty in a good way. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Yeah, we're going off track again, Anna. Always, as always. Let's bring it back. Bring it back. Bring it back. <laughs> so, yeah, so I think what, what we're trying to say here, let's try and kind of sum it up a little bit, is often we feel like we're not going to meet the right person because we are looking at all of the downsides or the negatives that are around us whereas if we can go out and say do you know what I am a super great person I look pretty awesome I'm pretty great to spend time with and I am going to meet the right person when the time's right and they may come along in any shape or form or at any occasion and it's just about being who I am and I will attract the right person for me. I totally agree with that. A lot of the baggage that we keep is from childhood. Yeah. And you may have had a pattern in your life where there have been countless folks who've treated you poorly or countless yeah. dates that have never gone to a second date. And you may have a big track record of things being a certain way. But just because that's been a pattern for 10 years, 20 years, it doesn't mean that tomorrow you can't step out and say, you know what, I'm going to have a new mindset. And it's astonishing sometimes how a pattern can actually break. There's no pattern set in stone that you can't reverse yeah. by taking a chance 
and getting out there with an incredible outlook and perspective about yourself and about what you can give to the world. Yeah, definitely. Your past does not dictate your future. Mm -hmm. Take a chance. Have we got time for me to tell another story? Oh, please. I love your stories. (laughs) So I've got another story, which is about... A friend of mine, this goes back to this whole universe thing and whether we believe in in being able to create your own universe or not or ask the universe for things. So a friend of mine was really into full moons and and using the full moon to ask for the things that she wanted in her life. Mm. And I was kind of like a bit, I'm not really sure I kind of believe in all of that. Mm. Um, I'm not really sure where my head's at. But, you know, as ever, open-minded and likes to try new things. Also pretty depressed about the state of our love life and not meeting the right person. Mm. And at that point, still believing I was going to be on my own with 20 cats for the rest of my life. (laughs) I thought, do you know what? I'm just going to give it a whirl. So... What I did was she told me you had to write down exactly what you want and then you have to throw it out into the universe mm. on this full moon. Mm-hmm. So like an idiot, <laughs> I thought I'm going to give it a try. So I started to, and it was the first time ever I thought about what sort of a man I would want because I'd never thought about it from that perspective before. I'd always just thought, well, you meet somebody and I suppose almost a bit like not take what you get, but you just... Not from that place of actually, I'm going to actively look for something that I want. Yes. Mm-hmm. So I wrote my list anyway and uh, had lots of things on there. And then I took the piece of paper, I tore it up into little tiny pieces and I went to the bottom of my garden. <laughs> I can't believe I'm sharing this story with everybody in the world right now. <laughs> and I threw it out into the universe wow. at the bottom of the garden and I thought, right, that's it. And then I thought nothing of it, you know, went to bed, forgot all about this um, ludicrous full moon <laughs> God knows what it was. I don't even know what we'll call it. (laughs) And uh, went to sleep. And then not long after that, I would say a couple of weeks, maybe two or three weeks after that, I actually met a guy at a networking thing, this like morning breakfast thing. And I didn't even want to go. I decided that I was going to go. And then at the last minute, I almost changed my mind because I was late. And I hate being late. And I hate walking into Mm. something that's already started and everyone turns around and stares at you. Mm. And you feel really foolish because everyone else has managed to get there on time and you haven't. Yes. But then I said to myself, okay, if the traffic opens up in the next few minutes, I'm going to turn, I had the chance to turn left, go to the um, networking thing, or turn right and just go back home and have some breakfast and then go to work. The traffic opened up within seconds so I went left I went to this networking thing luckily it hadn't started yet so I didn't look like an idiot and I managed to get oh there was a second um test I like to kind of put these tests in my own way yes so then I said right if I can get parked directly near the building then I'll go in so Mm. sure enough there was a space so I got parked ran down the stairs a little bit flustered but went in cool as a cucumber and uh during this networking event I met this guy just chatting he was stood behind me in the the event and he was tall dark and handsome which was on my list of things that I wanted and then we managed to connect and had a little chat afterwards and then we ended up going for coffee not that day but on another day and then I ended up going out with him for about six months and Mm. one of the things that it did teach me was actually he was everything that I'd written down on my list but I'd left a few things off the list that I hadn't even thought about (laughs) like what (laughs) Well, he was a bit of a Peter Pan. He didn't really actually want a relationship, just wanted to kind of have somebody to go out and uh, have, you know, a fun time with. Um, And that wasn't what I was looking for. So I was like, damn, I just need to add more things to the list. Oh, my gosh. But you got your mail order man. I did. I did. But you realize that you need to be clear on your specifications when the universe is taking orders. 
the Amazon of the sky. Well, yeah, it was the moon, you know, Amazon moon, (laughs) (laughs) where you order your man. Yeah. The moon did deliver. I just hadn't asked correctly what I wanted. Oh, that is such a great story. Oh, my gosh. You know, it's funny. Just as you were telling the story, the brainwave hit is that we don't actually, you're right. We don't actually set out saying this is what my list looks like. We just kind of go out into the dating world saying we're going to what create something together that is nebulous, but we don't have any specifications. Or maybe we say, I'm not good enough to ask for specific things. I guess I'm just going to take what comes along. I think it's more the latter. I do think it comes from that place. Because when you were talking about patterns and childhood patterns and Mm. things like that, I think that's what just sparked that memory for me and just sharing. And the reason that I'm sharing that story is because at the time I didn't really, previously, I hadn't really believed that I could get what I wanted. I just believed that actually just, not just anybody would do, but you know, that you would just, somebody would be there and that would be it. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So that's really inspiring. So a good first start would be to get a list going. Yeah. Get down to the bottom of your garden, throw it over the garden gate (laughs) out into the universe and I'm I'm presuming that this guy was not the next door neighbor in whose yard this piece of paper fell. <laughs> I'm assuming it really went out to the universe. <laughs> but yeah, get your list out to the moon, to the universe, whatever that yeah. is, because something, and as the scientist, I say, well, the likely thing is when you put this list together and you threw it out, you became the person who would attract these things on your list. Yeah. And then as you s- further refined that list, you s- you built your confidence and you said, I am deserving of this, yeah. I'm worthy of this, and I'm going to act as the person who can bring this beautiful person yeah. into my life because I am beautiful. Yeah. And it just took a few iterations of your list. It did. Well, no, after that relationship, I said, that's it. I don't want to be with anybody. Oh, this is... And that's when my man came along. Came knocking. Now, is he tall, dark, and handsome? Uh, he's not dark anymore. No, he's grey. Oh! <laughs> silver fox. Oh, I love the yeah. silver fox. Although he does blame me that he's gone whiter since we met. <laughs> of course. We are a bit of a handful. We are going to bring grey hairs to your head, but it's worth it. Oh, definitely worth it. Wonderful. And does he fit the items on your list? Um, I would say the majority of the things on the list he does fit, and then some more. That's amazing. Not only did you make your list, you said, screw it. I just don't want to bring anybody into my... And then that's when this guy came knocking is when you had said, I do not need somebody else to complete me. I'm just going off on my own. Yeah. We actually had a conversation, like I can still remember it. On my back patio, we sat and had a conversation where I was like, look, you don't want to go out with me. Um, I'm not very good in relationships. I am not the person for you. You know, I never want to get married. I (laughs) I don't want to live with anybody. I literally Mm. gave him a big, long list of reasons why we should not even start a relationship. That's just building your cachet. That's just making you more and more irresistible. (laughs) He's like, challenge accepted. Somebody hold my beer. Yeah. So something that like a leading coach describes is sometimes saying to yourself, you know what? Okay, so it's August 10th. I am not going to allow myself to get into a relationship before November 10th. That's it. Yeah. Come hell or high water, no relationships for me. And it's so funny how once you say no relationships, it's off the table. It's funny who creeps into your life. It is. Where you actually have to start saying, you know what? I cannot have a rela- I cannot date anybody until November 10th. It's amazing. <laughs> How Mr. or Mrs. Perfect can walk into your life just when you say, you know what, I'm okay by myself. Yeah. I am going off on my own and exploring my own life. Yeah. Well, I did try to be single. It just didn't work out that way. Well, it's because you became more and more irresistible because you were stepping into your own power. Yeah. And that was palpable. People could see it. Yeah. 
So 7.3 billion people on this planet, there's a lot. There are. There may be more than one person for you. There's just, there's a whole lineup of people waiting for you. But that only is apparent once you put your list out of the things that you need and you bring that confidence. Yeah, there's a whole world of opportunity. Well, I think that rounds up the hot topic nicely. It was very spicy, very hot. (laughs) I love that. So let's move on to our relationship remedies. Mm. Are you ready for the question, Anna? I'm ready. I've got so much energy. Let's go. Okay, why has our relationship changed so much? Oh, gosh, yes. Just to clarify, Anna, this isn't mine and your relationship. (laughs) (laughs) I think we're doing okay. We're actually doing really good. (laughs) We're doing really good. Unless you tell me otherwise, I'm just going to believe that everything's grand. We're really wonderful. I talk a lot, but you accept that and (laughs) and that's okay. So, yeah, I think our relationship has, has remained the saucy, beautiful self. But both of us have been in situations where we've been in a relationship that's changed. Yes. That's devastating. If I may reflect on what I'm feeling about this question, I feel silence. Like I feel like somebody's saying, why has our relationship changed? And people are not saying anything to each other. They're just noticing this emptiness, this vacancy, this, there's a nostalgia for days past and there's silence now. Yeah. That's what I'm feeling. I think for me, when I read the question... There's a bit of an emphasis on the so much. Mm. Why is it changed so much? Mm. I feel like there's a big drastic shift that maybe has happened over a period of time. But you just kind of wake up one day and realize, oh my God, things are just so different. Mm. That's the sense I get. It feels really sad. Yeah. You pay attention to words and I really love your analysis of the energy in certain words. And I think... That's a wonderful insight. There's a disappointment. There's a feeling like, how is it possible that this person where we were so hot and connected, how is it possible that we have drifted so far? Yeah, I think so as well. I can really, for me, I get a real sense of total disconnect and a real hopelessness. Mm -hmm. And I want people to know that they're not alone. And it might seem shocking that the person who you started off with so much apparent compatibility and... Again, I like to always say that it was probably a lot of like love sickness, like that dopamine surge, a lot of things that were swept under the rug because of that initial attraction that once it fades away, once that sort of high come, you come down off the high, you start to realize the realities of somebody. This is a really common phenomenon and you are not alone. Even if you seem to have started off like the two most compatible people on this planet. Now, do you read that this has been years in the making that maybe children have come into the picture maybe other extenuating circumstances have led to this change I think there is that I think there's also for me a sense of maybe you spent a lot of time together before so you were fully invested Mm. in the relationship you spent a lot of time together you did a lot of things together and now you know maybe it's because children have come along or you've got other commitments maybe like elderly parents to look after or or something's happened at work or there's something that's happened that's changed the dynamics and you mm-hmm. don't spend as much time together. The relationships become quite functional. Mm. And so there's a lot of that, the stuff that you have at the beginning where you are fully invested and you want to spend time with each other and chat mm. a lot. You talk about anything and everything. I feel like all of that has disappeared and it's down to a functional mm. relationship. Yeah. Like the flatmate or the roommate scenario that you talked about. Yeah. We're just balancing household budgets. But worse than that, because at least with your flatmates, you kind of have a laugh and you're connected in a different way, aren't you? But yeah. I think it's it's almost worse than that. It's not even friend-zoned. It's I'm alone, but I'm in a relationship. Mm. 
And you've talked about this loneliness before. Yeah, it's a real thing. The loneliness that you feel in a relationship where you do not feel on the same footing is worse than any feeling that you could feel when you're actually alone by yourself. Yeah, it is. Yeah. And I think the shame attached to it, Anna, we talk about shame as well Mm. in a number of different areas. But I think the shame attached to that, like, Mm. why couldn't I make it work? Why am I feeling this way when I've got everything that I ever wanted? Mm. So, yeah. So I think there's some shame. I think there's some a feeling of just being unhappy, but then also feeling ungrateful, I guess, is the word I'm looking for. Yeah. And why can't I make it work? Yeah. Like the whole world is making relationships work. All those randomers walking around the supermarket, they're making theirs work and they don't even look like they fit together. (laughs) Yes. And they're chatting and somebody's holding on to each other's waist, tapping each other's backside, flirting. (laughs) What kind of supermarket do you go to? (laughs) (laughs) That's so true, you know what, um, I'm going to go off topic again, which is what I was telling you off for, but I'm doing it anyway. I'm living life on the wild side. Um, they used to say there was a certain night of the week <laughs> that was the best night to go shopping as a single in Kuku. Oh. I don't think I've ever known anybody that's met somebody in a supermarket. So if any of the listeners have got any stories to share, please send them in because I'd love to hear it. Oh my gosh. <laughs> well, it's funny because there's a lot of Hollywood movies where people meet in supermarkets. Yeah. Of meeting over the banana aisle. (laughs) (laughs) Why bananas? I don't know why I'm thinking eggplant emojis. Oh my God. I've really started off Monday in a really sassy mood. (laughs) Oh my word. (laughs) Yes, listeners, we're back there once again. (laughs) And this is, you know what? There are repressed statements, I think. This gets to me saying is that when you've changed so much, I feel like the sex has dropped off in a major way too. And maybe... My talk of bananas has really been that sort of subliminal <laughs> thought of, I wanted to talk about sex again, Sarah. Just going to say. Bring it on. Bring it on. <laughs> so I am a firm believer, and there are some sex therapists who believe that that sex in itself is one of the biggest things. It's not necessarily just a symptom of disconnecting, of changing, of sort of living this really awful, worse than flatmate sort of existence that if you've disconnected sexually, then you are disconnecting in any area of your life that's so much so that if you make the effort to connect sexually, you can often bring other parts of your relationship back online. Now, whether or not that's a permanent fix is something totally different. But I had to just bring the sex onto the table. Well, so now that you've gone to sex, I'm going to explore this a bit more. I think I disagree with you a bit because I think that you have to have some connection Mm. to be able to get the sex back Mm. on track I think Mm -hmm. because I do believe that women think about sex more in terms of it comes from a place in your brain rather than blokes it comes from a place in your trousers (laughs) (laughs) so that would lead me to believe that actually you've got to be able to sort some sort of connection out before you can get your sex life back on track Mm. chicken and egg maybe we'll have to we could have a coach death match on this (laughs) Go head to head. I would like a coach death match. See who wins. Yes. Maybe that's a special podcast. <laughs> what comes first, the non-sexual intimacy or the sexual intimacy that breaks the logjam? I'm going non-sexual all the way, sorry. Not like that I'm going sex-free, I don't mean that. No, I, <laughs> there's been a time or two, dear listener, where I've proposed, what was it that I said something like not wanting sex regularly and Sarah's like, oh, no, 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 no. Uh, <laughs> You're solidly in the, hel- in the healthy sexuality realm. 
I'll let you say that. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, there you go. So even from that perspective, and you're somebody who says that the intimacy built non-sexually is the critical part of connecting sexually. Yeah, I do believe that. Hmm. Just for the sake of argument, if it's a healthy space, if it's not painful, manipulative, etc., is it one of the recipe ingredients to bring our communication back online? Just going to put it out there. Well, do you know when you've got multiple tools to use in life? So Mm. why not have that as one of them? That's very true. All right. So death match to be scheduled. Yeah. I'm writing that down. Death match with Anna. I'm going to read this note back (laughs) and wonder what on earth I was talking about. (laughs) It's very true. So I think all this to say is that we have a lot of feelings. There's a lot of things coming up is why have we drifted apart so much? Like, why do we just not connect? There's just so much stuff going on. I think that we, as always, approach this as a glass half full, as seeing this as an opportunity to look at what's not working and and look at building up communication and seeing if one can connect. We believe that there are things that can be done to sort of bring this back online. My view is, you know, if we look at it from an opportunistic point of view and we look at it from a glass half full, for me, I would say, well, you recognize that there's something that's not quite right. That's great because you're not Mm. just operating on autopilot where things aren't right and you've no idea why you're unhappy. So I think it's great that you've recognized that there's something not working. I think quite loaded in, you know, why is our relationship changed so much? Mm-hmm. I would maybe reframe that slightly and say, well, you know, where where are the elements that it's changed? Where hasn't it changed? Mm. Because it seems to me like there's a real focus on the things that aren't right. And I would probably inject using, you know, doing a bit of reframing, inject some of the more kind of positivity stuff around, well, actually, what is still good between us? Mm. And then you build on those elements and then slowly address the things that you're not happy with. That would be my take on it, I think. Oh, yeah, I like that. That makes a lot of sense. It's amazing sometimes how much you can rebuild. Yeah. Starting from the foundation of the things that you actually realize are working for you. Yeah, because I can't believe that absolutely everything has changed and you're Mm. now two perfect strangers living in the same house. Yeah, sometimes, but for the most part, there's often a lot of things that are just kind of ticking away that maybe that's financial compatibility. Maybe there's somebody who, where you actually do make the logistics of a household work. Maybe that person is a really good parent and you like the way that they take care of your kids. Yeah. There's a lot to be said for that. Maybe you love movies together. Yeah. Or really into like a very obscure musical genre that you guys really enjoy. Or a really weird takeaway. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) Like um, fried calamari, I'm not sure. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and it's amazing sometimes if you really open the mind up and start to look at all the things that may be working, yeah. I love that perspective. I think this is, that's a terrific place to start. Yeah. Well, hopefully that helps, as ever. Mm -hmm. We've uh, certainly chewed the fat, debated what's what, and talked about sex again. Again, absolutely. Well, you know, I always try to make it a mandate (laughs) in every podcast. Well, I think that rounds that up quite nicely and um, brings us to a bit of a close there. What do you think, Anna? Yes, I feel a little bit more clear than I did before we started our podcast. Hopefully our listeners feel the same. Just one tiny step towards clarity every week. Yes. And if nothing else, hopefully you've just had a bit of fun and we've entertained you. I love your (laughs) stories. I will eventually run out because I haven't got a very good memory. So I will actually probably start to repeat the same stories (laughs) further on down the line. But hopefully no one will notice. 
Well, you know, we are past 40, so we are allowed to be a bit senile. Great. That's okay. Great. Mm-hmm. Early onset of Alzheimer's. That's where I'm at. Yes. Let's yeah. ride it. <laughs> I'm embracing <laughs> Absolutely. it. Absolutely. <laughs> um, what do they say? Like, when I'm old, I shall wear purple. I endeavor to be the absolute most eccentric version of myself when I'm old. <laughs> so let's start now. I think I started a few years ago. <laughs> and I'm loving it. That's we're bringing this to this podcast. It's always going to be a little, little bit off center. Yeah. <laughs> okay, let's wrap it up then until next week, Anna. Thank you very much for the pleasure of your time, Sarah. Pleasure was all mine. Till next week. So that's it for another week of Geordie Lass and Doc Sass. We hope you've enjoyed listening as much as we've enjoyed chatting. Get in touch and share your questions for relationship remedies and any hot topics you want us to cover. If you need help navigating all things relationships, Anna and Sarah are available for one-on-one coaching support. Email info at geordielass.com. Please remember to like, share, subscribe if you've enjoyed listening. And if you've not, how on earth have you made it this far? I promise we'll try harder next time.